Welcome to Basketball on Figueroa, the only podcast breaking down everything happening with the Lakers, Clippers, and Sparks. I'm your host, Edwin Garcia, and joining me today is my co-host, Darian Vaziri, a.k.a. Dying Drive. Dying. What's going on with the Clippers, man? Every single thing I predicted is happening right now. It's insane. It's as much of a train wreck. It's it's actually more of a train wreck than I thought it would be. The starting lineup is a terrible fit together. It's not Houston anymore. Westbrook and Harden with two better players. While they try to accommodate each other, they're taken away from the other guys. The aggression of the other guys is gone, and you just knew bringing in Harden, taking out Nico Batum and Robert Covington, our defense was going to get worse, and we have no depth in the front court anymore. It's a wings league. You need length, and it's just been a mixture of a bad fit, a smaller team, and also Mason Plumley got injured in the first Harden game. We, t- we we the last episode we talked about the first game, right? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. The the first game in New York against the Knicks. Yep. Yeah. So Mason Plumley got hurt, and that has really made our issues worse because the flaw coming into the season was already that we were thin at the front court. Robert Covington and Nicholas Batum were our best options there at like the power forward spot, and they're you know over thirty years old. And now you take away those two guys who started the season really well. You're now asking Kawhi Leonard and Paul George to play much more defense on elite players, even Russell Westbrook. And so the bench is worse. Bones Highlands fit on the team seems redundant, so much so to the point where you got taken out of the rotation on Sunday afternoon. And then no side, like you're running PJ Tucker at the five coming off the bench. And it's just, it's a complete and utter disaster. And I don't think it's exactly what I thought it was going to be. It's not going to work. The Clippers are doomed unless they make a change in the starting lineup and get one of those two guys, Harden or Russ, to buy in and come off the bench because otherwise this is going to be a disaster, just like I predicted. Man, I'm trying not to smile so much, but, you know. (laughs) If I were a fan of any other team in the league, I would smile too because I'm very anti-super team, and this is one of the worst attempts I've ever seen. Man, yeah, but it's been rough. We're going to break it all down uh, momentarily. We're going to jump right into it. That's how Dime's doing. He didn't ask how I was doing, but I'm going to tell you anyway. How are you? (laughs) Thank you for asking. I'm doing all right, man, hanging in there. Uh, Busy week. I'm just kind of mentally just thinking, all right, a lot of Laker games coming up. You know, we're right in the thick of it. In-season tournament, we're going to talk about that as well. So I'm just excited. Back-to-back Lakers home games. I don't know about you, but I love the back-to-backs. I know the players hate them, but I'm like, let's do it. Let's do it again. You know, like that's what we're here to do. So I'm excited for that. Looking forward to that. But before we get into all that, let's get into the action. Again, we're going to go in order here. Clippers, they stayed in New York after their matinee at Madison Square Garden. And guess what? Same result. Clippers, Nets. Clippers lose 193. The thing that stood out to me initially is I'm not surprised, but I think I was still surprised how much the Nets fans were booing Harden. It was it was pretty loud, especially in the beginning, and it kind of consistently stayed that way. Uh, what were your you know takeaways from from this matchup losing by seven to uh, the Brooklyn Nets? That the starting lineup is a disaster, um, and then Lou. I'm sorry, not Lou. Cam Thomas. He got hurt in the first half. He was playing really well. He had 14 points in 20 minutes, then he got hurt. And after that, they still, you know, they were missing Ben Simmons in this game. They were missing Nick Claxton in this game. And they were missing Cam Johnson in this game. And they still ended up pulling it out. There were moments, kind of like the Knicks game, of some good stuff from Harden Mm -hmm. to start that second quarter. But it was actually Paul George who got up to like the – 
really aggressive start. I think he had 17 points at halftime. Then he only shot like two, once or twice in the third quarter. It just feels right. as though the shot distribution is all out of whack. It's like guys are teetering on that line of aggression and passiveness. And James Harden has really not done his thing. And then you have more Westbrook off the ball. And then the, the Clippers are just small, too. And, and I think the effort level of the Stars has gone down defensively. And when I say Stars, I mean Kawhi and Paul since the trade has happened. It's just it's it's just a mess, but the offense being so bad. It, we knew James Harden was going to slow the pace down. And despite the fact that he's trying to fast break just a little bit, trying, it's hard to, it's hard to fast break when you're struggling to consistently get stops and create turnovers. And that having James Harden doesn't help with that. So – I just thought it was a, a bad loss to a, a very mediocre team that was missing guys, a solid team that was missing guys, which without those guys, they're very mediocre. And yeah. the Clippers still couldn't get it done. And, and Kawhi Leonard himself not playing his best basketball. It feels like nobody's playing their best basketball anymore. No, yeah, I 100% agree. I think that um, what you mentioned um, is true about the defense not being up there like it was during the beginning part of the season. I think that will – that will improve as time goes on. I think it, it's tough because they're trying to solve this puzzle on the offensive side. And as you know, it's tough when things aren't happening offensively and you're told, hey, get back, get back. It's like, I'm still kind of frustrated with the shot selection that just happened. And now you're asking me to get back and hunker down. And, you know, it gets deflating when, like, that's happening. And now the other team's in a fast break and someone doesn't close out on, on a corner three. That goes in and now you're like, oh, back on offense. Like, that's not working. And it's like, it just, that momentum starts to build against you and it gets hard to do those little things you know uh so I, i'm not surprised that's happening um like you said with, with harden the team goes from running to jogging to walking and that's the opposite of what you want you want to ideally go fast uh, the only reason to go slow is to set something up on the offensive side or if you have the kind of players that are more prone to that like a dominant big or a slower veteran who kind of needs that and you're like hey it actually helps our offense it doesn't help the Clippers' offense to go slow. They're kind of having to go slow because they have a key player who doesn't come up to that speed even if he's trying to. So, you know, we'll talk more about other ways that's kind of hasn't worked. But like you said, especially with Cam um, being out and, and Ben uh, being out, you expect to to find a way to win that game. And they, they were knocking on the door. They were close. But, yeah, like you said, it's a bad loss. And speaking of bad losses <laughs> – we had the one that I definitely got got schooled on. Lakers, Rockets. Turns out, you know, uh, Rockets are pretty pretty good when uh, Anthony Davis is not uh, protecting the paint. There. Uh, oh the- come on! They've aren't they on like a five game, six game winning streak? Yeah, they they've been they've been all right. They've been all right. Well, I, I stand corrected. Do, it's not just against you guys. Yeah, no, no, yeah, you're right, you're right. But you know, we'll see again. We'll see where things go. But you know, where things went against the Lakers was a beat down definitely the worst loss of the year and we can contextualize losses right Lakers were missing AD you know they've been they're missing a lot of players it's tough against a a young team like the Rockets like that you know I didn't expect them to win but losing 128 to 94 getting outscored 32 to 19 in the first quarter these are the kind of things that are unacceptable they lost I think every single quarter of the game there wasn't one 12 minute span where they were the better team and you know, a post game, every question LeBron got was about effort, energy, what you could do. And he started getting frustrated because, he, you know, basically his answer was, you know, it's hard when we don't have, you know, um, every, everyone there. Like we're trying, you know, it's just it's hard when everyone's not there. And then he said something like, 
after like the third or fourth question about effort and energy, he's like, is that the theme? You know, is that, that your guys theme, you know, of the, of the night, like effort and energy. And I understand the frustration, but the reason is because, or the reason the questions were kind of geared that way is because, well, it looked like the little things like the boxing out weren't happening. And those are a lot of things that, that went wrong in, in that blowout loss. It's like, it feels like you could at least done more to lose by eight instead of losing by, you know, well over, well past the double digit mark. And again, that, that might not matter in the win-loss record, but it shows a frustration. It shows the details. That, that's, what, that's what starts to go away when you get, when you get defeated, right? Just like we, we are in real life, right? Things start going the wrong way. Guess what? Now you're not shaving. You're not making your bed. You're, you know, you're starting to let other things fall by the wayside. And with the Lakers, for, for them, the details is you're not closing out. You're not boxing out. You're getting sloppy with the ball. You're turning it over. You know, it's like all that added with the fact that you don't have AD down there. And now you're getting beat on the boards and the, the points in the paint. Let me look it up real quick. It was it was just nasty. Like the points in the paint was like, oh, you, you could tell there's no way AD is playing because the points in the paint were 68 to 42. 68 points in the paint. At one point, I think near halftime, it was like, the Rockets had 43 points in the paint and the Lakers had 42 points total. And it's like, that's how bad it was <laughs> in that first half. So definitely a game, you know, I want to forget. But before before we do that, I'll let you kind of speak your mind on it uh, before we move on to uh, the, the next uh, pair of games, the Lakers and Clippers play. I mean, I think all the reporters or the people that were asking about effort were on the money because I tweeted after the game. I said the Lakers didn't even compete tonight. Like they wasted all the fans' time. Like I watched the game after the beginning – went rough there was no not even like a run not even a push I mean I get it you know you had Castleton playing that's how you knew it wasn't going to be an easy night Shingun was getting whatever he wanted in the paint like what and props to him he's a really good young player Mm -hmm. he's got that floater down pat but definitely not much resistance you know you take AD out I'm pretty sure Jackson Hayes was also out as well yeah so you're missing a lot of size there and it just feels we, – we've seen this before where there's some games AD doesn't play, and then LeBron just seems like it's not the same effort level from him. So I just felt like top down, it was the, a mix of the Lakers not even competing and the Rockets on a roll. So yeah, tough loss, and LeBron again, left, no AD. LeBron left, I think, at like the three-minute mark of the third. I'm like, yeah, I don't want to see him again. And we didn't see him again because he saw that. And, yeah, LeBron, you know, again, how much of it is a, a fault of his? But he definitely, when he knows the team doesn't have it, sometimes he will be like, you know what? If you guys don't have it, I'm not going to bust my butt so we lose by six. So, like, all yeah. right. That's where you guys are at? That's where you guys are at. Business decision, as he would say, probably. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just an yeah, executive decision. Hey, look, I'm not going to break my neck so we lose by five we're going to lose by 25 because that's where you guys are at. So what can we do? All right. The next matchup we have is Clippers Mavericks. And I personally love watching Clippers Mavericks. I think uh, dime knows why, because Luca just loves to play the Clippers. He cooks when he plays the Clippers. And this was no exception. Uh, the Mavericks were able to pull out the win 144 to 126, 144 points. I know Dime isn't happy about giving up 144 points in regulation. And I know he wasn't happy about watching Luca. Another, 40 burger, 44. He gave you 40, a 40 burger and four fries to go with it. I mean, he was just sensational. So, Dime, go ahead. Paint me the picture. What happened against the Mavericks? 144 points, 44 for Luka in the win. What happened there? Well, you see a team that is starting to surprise some people in the sense that they're better than people might have expected. Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving are now surrounded by 
some good complementary defensive pieces. Grant Williams and Derek Jones Jr. are off to really good starts of the season. And you have Derek Lively now, who's actually an upgrade over Dwight Powell. It seems like the Mavericks in the game that I watched, this is the fastest they've tried to play in the Luka era. They look to push the pace more, get some transition buckets, and they have a great rim-running five and lively. But as far as the Clippers, you start. You saw the first glimpse of the stagger, Kawhi and Harden in one lineup, and then Paul George and Russ in the other lineup. And in this game, it was Kawhi and Harden's lineup in the first quarter. That was really good. You saw James Harden have, I think, 14 points in the first, and Kawhi had 12 points in the first. So I thought, you know, the, you mentioned Luka always cooks us, but Kawhi always cooks them. So yeah. I thought... I thought maybe it would be another vintage Kawhi against Dallas game. But as the game went on, especially when Russ and Paul George's lineup were together, things started to collapse. Russ, I mean, it's, it's starting to feel like Laker Russ. It's starting to feel like a Russ who you bring in another ball handler, and now he doesn't know what to do. He's not a true shooting guard. He tries to shoot more. And then when you try to stagger him and put him with his own lineup, now he thinks he needs to shoot every single time down the court. It's It's weird. It felt like he is best suited uh, around Paul George and Kawhi to be more of that. You want him shooting less, to be honest, and initiating more for our team. And so then you couple that with Paul George having an absolutely vintage, in a, in a bad way, Paul George game where he's just jump, jump shot after jump shot, shooting himself out of rhythm. And then we're trying to switch everything on the other end. And I'm not going to lie, there were moments of decent one-on-one -on -one defense, but there are very few guys in the league that can guard Luka Doncic when he's on one. And so we had no answer for him. And also Kyrie Irving was fantastic. The Clippers, disaster offensively, disaster defensively. It's not a good team after this trade with this starting lineup. I'm being blunt and I'm being serious. At this moment, obviously it could improve. At this moment, they're not a good team. And the Mavericks, they're playing good ball. They're starting to gain that chemistry. So props to them. It was an absolute annihilation. It just looks like this team is just old, slow, don't know each other, very take-turns offense, and their defense is very mediocre, and that's putting it nicely. Yeah, no, that's definitely putting it nicely. Again, like you said, when Luka's on one, you look, he he could easily score 44 in the Lakers. That, that would not surprise me in the slightest, right? When he when he's going, you know, it, it, he's tough to beat. And, yeah, like you said, uh, Paul George struggled a lot. You know, he only had eight points, things like three for 12 from the field, and – the one glimmer of hope I do have for the Clippers is they do show pockets of greatness and bursts, especially offensively, in these games. This game was another one. I thought maybe it would be different. They started, like, I think 15-3 and three or something like that to, to open up the game. And I'm like, oh, maybe they're going to, like, you know, they're going to kind of take care of business. And, of course, you know, a 15-3 lead to start a game, that's nothing in the NBA, right? And, you know, the 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 uh, Mavericks really got going in that second quarter. They, they That's when they really blew it open. And then from there, they just kind of they kind of rolled with it. Uh, but th that's the part that I was like, okay, I see some of what could go right, you know, in those early parts of that game. And even in the Brooklyn game, there, there were moments, but it's just they're few and far between. Between is like a car that just, you know, it's not working right. And like, oh, it starts, and then it doesn't start. And you're like, I can't trust this. And that's kind of the situation they're in right now. Uh, and again, props. I think this is the best the Mavericks have looked under Jason Kidd. I think they're finally getting their offense where they want it to be. I think the buy-in is great so far. And they're looking like way better than I think they're looking like the best version of themselves and the best version of themselves with those two stars. That's a really good team. And that might be something, you know, for me personally, my, my basketball philosophy, I don't change my opinion on a team until we've gotten past the first quarter mark, like in school. So for the NBA, that's after 21 games. So after that, I'm going to take a look at the, at, at the Mavericks and the, and the West and think, okay, 
who was I too high on? Who was I too low on? Who maybe the injury bug puts them somewhere lower than I thought, whatever. That's when I'll start to reassess. But right now, you know, about 10 games in, Dallas is way better than I thought they were going to be. If this is the Dallas we're going to get for another 10 games, then I'm definitely going to reassess uh, where I have them in the in the hierarchy of the West because I had them too low if this is how good they're going to be. Yeah, and I think we're going to be talking about Dallas a lot this season because, granted, they're going to play the Lakers and the Clippers a combined, what, six times minimum. Yeah. Um, one thing that's really tough about them now is Luka, eventually, if he's playing so well, see, you have Anthony Davis, so it makes yeah. things a lot different. But – when you don't have a guy like AD that can guard everyone and shut down pick and rolls, like, one, you know, guard two guys at once, teams are going to have to blitz Luka on pick and rolls when, when yeah. he's got it going. But now he makes one pass on a four-on-three. Now Kyrie Irving is one of those options. And if Kyrie Irving's one pass away, now you got Kyrie Irving going at a defense with numbers. That's totally different than, you know, I mean, in the past, when he had Brunson and Dinwiddie was good. So now you have Kyrie Irving. It's, it's going to be very tough as well. Will they go back to the conference finals? I don't know. It feels like the West has definitely gotten better. But they honestly have conference finals potential because of Luka. 100%. And now they have a – on paper, it looks like a slightly better squad than that 2022. But then we remember how good Jalen Brunson is. And we're like, ah, he's still a very good player. So anyway, the point is Dallas has improved. Yeah, Dallas has improved. And yeah, they're a force to be reckoned So again, even though the Nets loss for the Clippers was bad, the Mavericks won. It, it, it was bad because you gave up too many points. But you're like, look, it's the Mavericks. They're good. It was horrible. Right, so. Let's not show you. Could have. We, got, we got embarrassed. <laughs> Our stars didn't even play the fourth quarter. And you've already lost three games in a row. So like, it's just it, no sense of urgency to me. <laughs> so uh, moving on here, we got Lakers, uh, Phoenix Suns in NBA in-season tournament game. Now, we're going to talk about the NBA in-season tournament a little more in-depth later because uh, I'm an NBA in-season tournament truther. I don't know if Diamonds, but we're going to find out later uh, whether he is or isn't. But uh, this was an NBA in-season tournament game for the Lakers. Uh, Lakers took care of business on the road, beating the Phoenix Suns. They, for whatever reason, they've, they've matched up well. The first matchup they had was the home game at Crypto. Uh, no Bradley Beal. The Lakers were able to come back and win. This time, Bradley Beal's there. Obviously, no no Booker, but KD was also there. And the Lakers pulled it out, 122-119. Uh, I'll be honest, I did not think they could pull it out going into the fourth. I'm like, you know what? Again, we're just uh, also a team struggling. I just don't see it happening. But give the Lakers credit. Uh, they, they balled out. They played well. The big news, you know, coming into the game was the benching of Reeves. Uh, that's something that the Lakers have, have had a lot of trouble in their first quarter. I just mentioned in the game prior, and they also had trouble in this one. You know, they still got outscored 34 to 25 in that first quarter, but uh, Ham made the executive decision. I'm benching Reeves. I'm putting Cam Reddish in there, and Cam Reddish rewards that trust going for 17 points, 5% from the field, and making huge defensive plays, especially down the stretch, on Kevin Durant, which, again, was another shocking, surprising thing. But he balled out. He played well, and the Lakers were able to come back and winning that fourth quarter again, LeBron, 32 points, ADs back, double-double, 18-11. Uh, just an all-around good win and a good gut check in that fourth quarter, you know, hunkering down defensively and, and stepping up. And Reeves, again, was there in those closing minutes. So, again, it's not it's not how you start, it's how you finish. The Lakers finished with Reeves on the floor. The Lakers finished and got the win. Uh, Dime, from your perspective, what did you see from this game? Let's start with the Reeves thing. I think that was a good move. Because it just felt as though, even though it wasn't as blatant as like the Clippers issues, there it is only one ball. And it felt like LeBron, honestly, was sacrificing too many touches on the ball with, with those three. And to be honest, even though he was doing that, 
Reeves and D'Lo weren't both finding a rhythm in the same game, it felt like. And I feel like last year you did, but maybe the sample size just wasn't big enough. Like, who knows? And plus, Austin Reeves now, I think last season we viewed him in a different light. Even though he was a good player, the reason why Laker fans are even more confident about him now, and you see his billboards. You literally, There's literally billboards around the city of Austin Reeves. Yeah, lemon, the Lemon Daddy one. Yeah, I've lemon seen that Daddy, yeah. <laughs> and, and he played for Team USA is because we saw him play with such confidence in the playoffs. Because you saw that first playoff game against Memphis, he took over the game late in pick and roll. Going into the regular, going into the playoffs, we're like, Reeves is a good player, but you know, Delo's definitely the third best player on this team. Now there's a debate. Yeah, you even had people saying it's Reeves. So coming off the bench now, I think that not only helps Delo get in rhythm, and I feel like Delo's been playing a lot better since. And maybe not a lot better, but i from what I remember, the last couple of games he's been more efficient. Yeah. And then now LeBron could be a little bit more on the ball. And it just feels like the shot distribution is better. With Torian Prince and Cam Reddish now, you have two guys that are gonna only play off the ball, they're not going to look to create. You have three creators. That's plenty. And LeBron, D'Lo, AD, all quality. You know, you know, you can can get much worse than that. So I like Reeves coming off the bench. I think it paid dividends in that first game. And as you mentioned, Cam Reddish, what if the Lakers are the team that kind of saves him? I mean, this is a guy that looks like he, and the Clippers have gotten a lot of credit for these kind of things lately with Batum, with Reggie Jackson, you know, guys that look like they're on their way out, struggling to find a consistent spot. This guy was so hyped up at Duke. Played with R.J. Barrett and Zion, and it feels like he's the one that hasn't really got his role in the NBA. And now, as a three and D guy, I didn't know he had the D. I, I well, actually, I, actually, I did. I said he had good defensive potential when I watched him in Atlanta very frequently, but offensively, I saw nothing from him. So the fact that you know these are the kind of guys that LeBron can really make better are these guys that are need catch and shoot looks. LeBron, one thing about him, he will give you catch and shoot looks. If you're a catch and shoot player, he will maximize your value like a Daniel Gibson. You know what I'm saying? We, had, we hadn't heard from that guy ever since. But so now, and by the way, that big three he made in the left corner, huge shot. And as you said, first time the Lakers played the Suns, it was Christian Wood that did a great job on KD in the fourth. Now Cam Reddish. Come on, KD. Getting outdone in the fourth. <laughs> and you didn't, and honestly, I'm surprised you didn't go a little bit harder for him. But LeBron in this game, I thought was exceptional. Like he was so good on the big stage. And you're just seeing like, like, is this guy going to slow down? Like, it's unbelievable the, the level he's still playing at in year 21. You know, I was had my first practice today coaching my middle school team. And I was talking to one of the parents, and he said, so who are you? I asked him, who are your guys growing up uh, that you like watching? And he said, Magic, Showtime Lakers, you know, your typical answer from anybody there on that age range. And he said, why you? I said, well, it was always Kobe and LeBron. But what's amazing to me is now your kid is going to school, and LeBron's still great. And I was, I went, that was 12 years ago for me. So it's a testament yeah. to the the, the – the king, especially of longevity, and LeBron yeah. performance again. Of longevity, there is zero debate. You know, you look, you look up people his age, and you're gonna laugh at those box scores compared to his box score. I think he's got the longest running streak of scoring at least ten points. And you might think, oh, that's nothing. It's like, but even superstars have those games. Paul George had one the other day; he only scored eight. Uh, AD had one the other day; only scored nine. Like LeBron's got like something stupid, like thousands of games. He's he's scored at least 10 it's ridiculous absolute bucket again he's the oldest player 32 points you know it's like it, it's just it's just scary how, how good he still is that's why i still say he's the leader even though ad might have the higher you know points per game and higher rebounds and stuff you know like lebron's right there he's the engine well, of LeBron is the leader but do you think he's yeah. the best player is the question i think that technically on, on a 2k sense it's anthony davis but on the 
actually playing on the court and game on the line, especially their positions. Whoa. You know, uh, you know, LeBron's more of a ball handler than AD is. You, you're still like it's going to come down to LeBron and his decision making late in games, whether he takes the shot, where he passes the ball to. You know, again, that's more of a position thing versus like. A, yeah, I was going to say. So, so are, are we saying that Kobe was the best player on those uh, three peat? Themes? No, it was Shaq. It was demonstrative. Okay, I'm just saying it's, it's yeah. like you know he was the closer though. The guy you yeah. rely more on that in the game. It's obviously yeah. the gap. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, but they were yeah the gap was a lot different. Kobe's decision making was far poorer than LeBron's ever was honestly, and in, in those years because he was still thinking of the, you know, Kobe wanted to be Jordan so bad that he it, it was to his detriment at times. While LeBron never had those those problems. If anything, he had the opposite problem. He wanted him to be more aggressive. They still want him to be more aggressive, which he still fights back against. You know, again, different ways to to have find success. He found his success his way, and he said it after the game. He's like, people kept saying I shouldn't have passed the ball to Cam. I sh- I still will pass the ball to Cam, and I did it tonight, and he rewarded us. I trust him, and you know that's how he is. That's always how he's been. Well, I think it is funny though that he said people that uh, you know that non-players and stuff like that because there's actual players that criticize him. It's not just people on the couch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, that's always going to be his like you know mo, right? Like all players yeah. do that. They always say like, oh, you know, you don't know ball. And then when someone who knows ball disagrees, um, they they don't they don't rebuttal that. They're just like, I'm still saying like it's, it's yeah, yeah, but, still, yeah, yeah. So that that's always how it's been. It, it, it's always kind of funny when that happens. Same thing, like especially now as as media's evolved and like. Um, you see more more athletes also have bad takes on the media. I'm like, I never see them really like call that part. I'm like, you know, they say it's the it's like a media driven thing. I'm like, media is Kendrick Perkins, and he's saying some ridiculous stuff too. So like, okay, I guess I guess now the you know the 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 goalpost moves or whatever. But you know, obviously, yeah, I I still uh, I'm still more with LeBron. That that's how he's been. Like, it's not like a he's scared thing. He's like he's just making the best the play you would tell your your kids probably to make. He still makes that play. And he doesn't care about the fact that oh, like he he doesn't he doesn't worry about legacy and like oh, I'll take the shot uh, over five guys, which we've seen Kobe do. I remember that Christmas game against the Bulls where he got blocked because like four guys collapsed on him, and he's like, I'm not passing the ball. <laughs> Wait, let me ask you a question though: As a fan, were you mad after the game? They didn't no. pass. No, yeah. I, I wasn't. I wasn't mad because I, I knew he was going to make the play. And and when Ham was drawing it up, it seemed like that that was kind of the goal, unless they don't help. That's what he does. Like I remember that uh, for me it was a famous play when they did that hammer action to get a an open three uh, on the corner, and LeBron was the, the ball handler. Uh, Dwight set the pick. I forgot who hit the shot, but that's kind of like his mo. That's always been his mo. Um, I only kind of care a little more when it's playoffs because I'm like I really think I, I get it, but I'm like I really just want you to take it because right, I just don't right. that, that guy. That's what it comes. That's really what it comes down to is. Would you, as a fan, rather have an open three from a role player that maybe is, you know, it's a big moment for them versus a contested shot for your best player? And it's not just any best player. Like when we talk about these guys, we talk about LeBron, Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan. Like these are the top players that ever played. So, yeah, 0.0001. But I am also starting to think that like for LeBron, it might be the best play because he's not like a crazy pull up on a dime shooter guy. Like he's not, that's not his thing to just pull up like that. He has that little step back going to his left, but more often than not, he's, that's not what he's comfortable doing. He can draw two guys, you know, better than Kobe ever could. You know what I'm saying? It, Cause yeah. he's such a locomotive going downhill, but Kobe, you know, his pull up was just up there with the greats. So I'm honestly starting to be less critical of LeBron and think that that is the best play for him. Cause like, 
<laughs> we've seen some of his contested posts in the games as a Laker. It hasn't been that pretty. I, I'm thinking of his, his game winners as a Laker. He had that game tying shot early in his Laker career against San Antonio. I don't know if you remember. Tie the yeah, game. Yeah, you guys yeah. lost. I think his most iconic shot as a Laker, honestly, maybe a controversial take, but I don't think it is. His most iconic shot as a Laker to me clutches was that drive against Memphis. Because he misses that shot. It's a 2-2 series, yeah. you know, going back to Memphis. So he makes that. You Overtime, you have the momentum, go up 3-1, and then beat him. So that was – Yeah, it, it, yeah. kind of – I think – I agree. To me, that's probably his most iconic, like, last-second shot as a Laker. I would say it's a Dylan Brooks basket for those same reasons you mentioned. It it, it put the hammer on him. It, it made the, the lead demonstrative. We knew the Lakers weren't going to blow that that lead, unlike some other teams in the Angeles who do blow those kinds of leads. But we knew LeBron wasn't going to blow oh, that kind God. of lead. <laughs> I had to get to dig into And, again, the whole narrative, right? Dylan's talking all this smack and, and how poetic LeBron guarding him one-on-one, no excuse. He took you to the basket, and, you know, you're never going to wear that jersey again after this series. So, you know, it, it was a great moment. Hey, hey, I'm telling you right now, though, shout-out Dylan Brooks because – Memphis is missing him right now. He has been unbelievable for Houston this year. He's been, he was great in the Laker game too. He's been killing it. So shout out to DB. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, we joke and all that, but he's, he's a legitimately a good player. Like I don't, uh, I think the antics, again, kind of like the Pat Bev thing and all that. When you, when you get that label, people start to just see the bad part of you and not the good part. And it's like, look, he balled out in a FIBA world cup, right? He had like that one game where he scored like, it was like 38 or something like that. He was ridiculous. So yeah, he's a, he's a good player. Do his antics get annoying? Yeah, sure. But um, he's not on the court just be- for that. You know, he's he's on the court because, you know, he, he's an X factor that, that can take your team and, and take them to another level. And, he, you know, like you said, he's been balling out with the Rockets, uh, which we talked about, and, and they, they're playing better than any of us, I think, predicted at this point. We'll see if they hold up. But right now, yeah, they're, they're playing uh, above uh, predictions early on. All right, so let's go back to the Clippers one more time. They had one more chance to not go over, but guess what? They didn't take it. Clippers, Grizz, they lost to the, speaking of the Grizzlies, just a, a team that's just, they're, they're hitting rock bottom and, and trying to see if they can dig. <laughs> and uh, they, they ran into the Clippers and the, the Clippers, could, I thought this was the one they were going to get. I thought this was the game they were going to win. I'm like, the, the Grizzlies have only won one game all year. You got to beat them. But guess what? They're two and eight, and the Clippers are three and six. So what happened here, Dime? How come y'all couldn't beat the Grizzlies, man? Well, I was at the game. If you haven't checked out the video, it's on the channel. You can check out my whole experience, how Clipper fans accepted Harden and stuff. By the way, not the loudest ovation. I know it was a 1230 Sunday game, but he legitimately got the like least loud cheers of any of the starters, like even Zubots. I mean wow. Yeah, right? And and nobody was, like, ooing and aahing when he got the ball. No ooing and aahing when he did any dribbling moves. There was there were people in my section, in the a super fan section, wearing the, the beards, the fake beards that they gave out. No one, like, brought it to the game. But what we saw in the first quarter was the same thing, bro. It's a terrible fit. They're sagging off of Westbrook whenever Harden has the ball. When Westbrook has the ball, Harden's trying to set screens. I've seen him set more screens than a – I've ever seen him set this last week or so, but it's not good. You see what I'm saying? Like he doesn't maximize him. Like he's not a very versatile player anymore. Like is not a true combo guard anymore. His his only versatility is he can shoot and he stands around. And sh- oh, this is what something I have to mention. He didn't even take his spot up threes against Brooklyn. He like pump faked out of them. And as I, I think I've mentioned it on Locked On Clippers a bunch of times, 
he's not comfortable. And a lot of guys, they're not comfortable taking catch and shoot threes all the time. They'll take a rhythm dribble or they'll step in or they'll, they'll just pass it up and get into their move. And against Dallas, he actually took two of them and made two of them. But it just doesn't seem like something he consistently wants to do. He feels comfortable doing, coming off of screens, setting screens. He wants the ball. And I'll tell you yeah. one thing that's also hurting him majorly is if it's a Zubats is playing some of his worst basketball as a Clipper in this beginning of the season, he's looking like Kwame Brown-type hands. He doesn't look confident. He's not been finishing around the rim the same way. There's the thing about Zoo, right? Some games he looks like a beast, like a top 15 center in the NBA. He's defending the rim. He's being aggressive. He's going up strong. He's got good touch around the basket. Then there's other games where he legitimately, for lack of a better word, he looks soft. He looks like a player that's intimidated, that wants no part of the physicality of the game, that gets stripped, blocked, and just – he looks like he's not getting off the ground at all, straight up. Like he does not look like he has that same – he's never been the most athletic guy, but he is not elevating. He is not dunking the same way. When there's there's moments where Zubats, when I know he's angry, when I know he's into the game, he will dunk with authority. We're not seeing that at all. And it's hurting Harden in the pick and roll because Harden's dropping some dimes, but he's not finishing them off. He's bobbling the passes. When he's getting into four-on-three situations, his brain is not processing the read quickly enough, so he's just getting rattled. It's really tough. And then the opposite of the Mavericks game, in this game, it was the Westbrook-Paul George lineup that did well and the Kawhi-Harden lineup that was awful. And I'm not going to lie, this was the worst. Like, everything wrong with James Harden you saw in this game. He yeah. was, I think, 4 for 12, 1 for 7 from 3, took a bunch of those step backs that you can see coming a mile away, didn't make them. A couple times he got the step, did not shoot, didn't look like he was going to shoot. And then there was one play, Edwin where he was doing the classic dribble, 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 finally makes a move, kicks it out to Terrence Mann with one on the shot clock when the defender oh, yeah. had not really helped. I was so mad. I'm like, that's exactly why I said that James Harden is everything wrong with modern basketball when he was in Houston because he used to do things like that. Pass it to guys at the end of the shot clock. So selfish. I mean, that's not just a bad read to me. That's just he's looking for an assist because he thinks he's going to get blocked or he's going to miss. I mean, it was a disaster. But as I said, the Clippers have bigger problems than just Harden. You know, it's throwing everyone else out of whack, and they're too small. But it's no coincidence that the lineup of Westbrook, Terrence Mann, and Paul George kind of spearheaded a run because we could get – and Norman Powell – because we could get stops. We played at a faster pace. And I'm just starting to see that, like, we played – we did training camp a certain way. We wanted to play faster. We kind of built it around Russ, Bones, K.J. Martin, Terrence Mann. These – more athletic team that we have. And I've noticed Paul George doesn't mind running either. But yeah. now it's kind of out of whack. We have James Harden and P.J. Tucker now. P.J. Tucker finally made a three, but he's got no <laughs> lift. And at the end of the game, you know, it came down to the wire. Clippers made a furious comeback. Give credit to Memphis, mm -hmm. especially Marcus Smart. They withstood the run from the home team. And crowd was more into it in this game because it was the first close Clipper home game. We had blown out the first three. So this was the first close one. So you finally had the crowd really going at the end of a game at a Clipper game this season. And James Harden hit that three to tie the game at 98, but there was controversy about it because he came in for Russell Westbrook with 155 to go in the game. And Westbrook had been part of our run, and we ended up losing. Yeah. And Kawhi, just like a lot of games we've seen for the Clippers over the years, his legs kind of go at the end. And again, part of it, in my opinion, is that we haven't made his life easier by bringing in Harden because he's working too hard defensively throughout the right. game. And so he hadn't have legs at the end. And we went for a quick two. We were down three with about 33 seconds left. He missed 
uh, turnaround from the foul line short. Good D by Marcus Smart. And then the Clippers unnecessarily fouled when they were down three with an eight-second differential on the shot clock and game clock. Norman Powell fouled Marcus Smart, and they went up by five, and that was basically that. So I want to ask you, though. I'm not sure if you even watched the game, but Westbrook. Oh, you did? Let me ask you a question. Mm -hmm. What do you think of the decision to take Westbrook out? Because we both have had our, you know, you have your well-warranted fears of Westbrook at the end of games. I do as well. But then he's playing well, and you put in Harden, who has was having a terrible game. Also, I didn't even mention his defense. Don't even get me started, man. He has one or two glimpses of decent. He's trying. He's not going to be a good defender now. All of a sudden, period. Right. So I think, I think it comes down to basketball philosophy. So you know, Mike Tyson, which is uh, I said basketball philosophy. Then I go to boxing, and Mike Tyson has that famous line: "Everyone's got a plan until you get punched in the mouth." Right. And what I think. What happened here was, I think, in Tyloo's mind, he had a certain time he wanted to take Russ out and bring in who he thinks should be the closer. But like you said, he's part of that run. And then you decide, okay, do you still go with your plan? Or do you say, forget the plan. Let's just roll with the hot hand. Either Harden stays off the bench or, hey, someone else has to come off so we so I can still have this guy in here and not, not do that. And I think he gambled with saying, stick to the plan, and he lost. He lost because the team literally lost, and and there it goes. Um, so I think that was that was in hindsight. I think if you ask Ty Lue, honestly, if you give him the truth, he'd be like, "Hey, would you do?" He'd be like, "Okay, you know, what? yeah, I probably would just keep him in there then, and like either figure it out or just have Harden be uncomfortable with, hey, like you know, he's hot. Like let's just let's just ride another minute and see what happens. Uh, if he, he gets another turnover, another foul, then hey, I'll put you in. Um, so I, I think it's a it's a tricky thing when you have those plans. Um, the Lakers have made it pretty clear on their side that their plan is to to rest Braun, and then the fourth quarter we're going to decide whether we're going to actually keep on trying to maintain his minutes or we're going to go with it, right? In, in the Rockets game, they decided, hey, it's a blowout loss, forget it. And when the game's close, the Lakers have kind of, you can kind of see just the read the tea leaves that, hey, if it's close, we're going to keep Braun in there. And if he plays 43 minutes, so what? We're trying to win games. You know, that, that's been so far, that's been their MO. That's been what they've been doing. The the Clippers, it's still a little unknown because it's still so fresh. You're, you're seeing in real time them experimenting and them doing it. And that kind of showed what Ty Lue's plan was. It was to take Russ out, not have him close, and it kind of burned him. So I think he should have kept him in, especially this early I think you you got to try to get a win, especially with how things have gone. And I think you, you'll probably see that this week coming up, and we'll preview the games this week in a, in a few minutes. I think you'll see him kind of take a few more risks and say, hey, you know what? Players might have to get uncomfortable. And now he can at least tell the players, look, we haven't won. So I'm going to try some new things. And I think that's why you have to give players rope. And you have to – you have to. it's tough for fans to understand this, but the, the coach also has to be able to go to the players and be like, look, I tried it. We tried it for two weeks. We've won one game or whatever. You can't come to me and say I didn't give it a chance. I gave it a chance. I showed you you got y'all can't do it. Let me try my way. Let me do it my way. Uh, the Lakers did the same thing with Cam. Uh, fans wanted um, you know um, Max Christie to get more minutes. I kept telling people the Lakers are gonna go until like about twenty games with Cam to give him a chance to prove he can play a role. And look, he's showing it now. If he doesn't show it later, you can always do the move that you want later. They they want to give him the full run and say okay. We gave you X amount of games. We gave you plenty of time. It didn't work. It did work, whatever. And I see, I understand Tyloo's logic there, but I, I did think it was a mistake, at least in the short term, uh, taking Russ out. Russ has been through a lot, going through all this stuff at the end of his career or like potentially the end of his career, the final years, if, if at least we could say that. 
Um, and it can be frustrating. And for him to, especially at this point, at least with the Lakers, it was never working. So you could say, hey, look, man, it wasn't working. But like you said, with the Clippers, he can be like, actually, it was working. And then you, you, you're you messing it up. So I can understand the frustration there. And you kind of saw it, you know, in, in the post game. You know, Harden was talking about, oh, oh, like we're trying to figure it out too. Like, you know, it's not like we're not trying to figure it out. And you could see Ty Lue was also getting frustrated with the questions. And, you, and you're starting to see that tension build. And again, when you put that spotlight on the team, it wasn't on there. It's on there now. And, you know, we saw we were, we were talking on Twitter about NBA Today. And they're, they're talking about benching Harden. They're talking about Russ. And they're talking about roles. And why isn't it working? You can't get a win. Guess what? You want the attention of three stars? That's going to come with that attention. And if you don't win... They're gonna start questioning everything. And I think that's really, what you're starting to see. It really feels like four, though. Like people can try to deny it all they want with the Westbrook's not a star thing, but he has yeah. the aura and the respect of a star and his reputation. It's like when Westbrook walks in the gym, like it's he's he's not to the point where he's just like here to help, old guy, here to help. You know, he's not like that. He's still trying to prove his demeanor is not like that either. I yeah. I've never told this story before, but I, I ran into I ran into Russ. Um at a at a sparks game actually he was just there you know as a fan and i was there covering it and we made eye contact and i don't know if he knows me or at all he probably doesn't but like he gave me like a snarly kind of stare look and i i'm not a guy who easily gets intimidated but i was like whoa <laughs> like he gave me like i can't even imitate it was like one of these like a dagger eyes and i was like holy cow this guy's got a force because i've never felt like that's funny i felt like i felt like i had to like you know cross the street or something i was like holy cow like, but that's how he plays yeah, so you're right. He doesn't have this, hey, I'm just part of the guy. No, no. He's like, I'm Russell Westbrook. I'm, I'm demonstrative. And he still has that demonstrative look. I can I can confirm if, if, if he still stares at people like that, like he did me in the, in the yeah. summertime. Uh, yeah, he, he, he definitely has that force. He doesn't look at himself that way. He might acquiesce to a role because he's trying to be a good teammate. But personally, he doesn't look at himself that way. He looks at himself like, like he's a top 75 player all time. And if you don't believe it, you know, ball up, you know, check ball. Let's go. Let, let's see what happens one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, he still has that attitude. So you're right. There, there's four stars, but Harden's the new one, and he's the one that people still think of him that way, and that's what's caused all the hoopla, right? Because they were winning before, too. You bring them in, you start losing. Now there, there's national attention on, on why that's happening. All right. Speaking of a team that has no national attention, the Portland Trailblazers lost to the Lakers 116-110. Uh, this just happened uh, last night, and it, it was, to me, a bit of a weird game. Uh, obviously, uh, we didn't actually talk about uh, LeBron's injury, and, and he missed the game because he had that that issue with his with his shin. He had a, a – it looked like a non-contact injury in the Phoenix game, but upon further review and then him talking about it, he said that he got, he got hit in the shin, and – he it just it really was sore and kind of stung bad and then we weren't sure he played the rest of the game so again he seems fine but obviously once it, it like the swelling went down or whatever they decided hey you're not going to play against portland we're still not sure if he's going to play uh tomorrow against the grizzlies we'll, we'll, we'll preview that game in a moment but they had to go without lebron and guess what now they still have ad and ad just was amazing again in the fourth quarter yeah he stepped up he was dominant he was going to the rim. He was setting screens, which he always does, but he was really like engaged the way people are always complaining about. He's not that player. This was a tape of like, here it is. Here he is being the pterodactyl, just dominating on the glass, dominating, protecting the rim, dominating at, at the basket, you know, 10 for 20, 13 boards, 10 for 12 from the free throw line, played 41 minutes. I mean, there's not much else you could ask for him. And up and down the roster, the starting five, 
everyone was in double digits. And it's not just about points. I would say that, you know, too much box score watching, seeing, oh, he's got eight points, he played bad. But when you see everyone in double digits, you see everyone on the positive side of the plus minus in a close game. And again, another Cam Reddish game where he was picking his spots. Yeah, I think he had like 16 at the half and seven for 10 from the field. That's, I mean, that's as efficient as you can be. And he was great. And he was also great on the defensive side of the ball as well. Again, they went with Reeves off the bench. He was pretty good too. He had 18.6 for 12. And he still, he still played 28 minutes. He didn't play as heavy as he did in the other game when he played 35 minutes. But he was there. He was active. He was coming off the bench as a super sub. And like you said, I didn't mention it before, but I think the problem the Lakers saw was Reeves is good on the ball and he can't be on the ball. When Delo's on the ball, again, kind of that hold is only one ball situation. So they said, okay, we're going to give you your own unit. You're going to run point when you come in a lot with the second unit and we're going to work on it that way. And overall, I mean, it worked. I'm not sure if it's going to work long-term, but so far they're kind of rolling with it. And at this, at this early in the season, get your wins. I would say get your wins and figure it out later. And uh, so far, I mean, it worked and they played well in the fourth quarter, which like we said, it's not how you start, it's how you finish. And they finished with the win. Yeah. Uh, it was an interesting game. I mean, no Scoot Henderson and Simons for the Blazers and then no LeBron for the Lakers. So you expect the Lakers to get a dub. And I think having Rui Hachimura back has been really awesome for the Lakers. He just gives you more size. Has been so good offensively since coming to the Lakers. Like, I, I knew he had these skills and the glimpses of how good he could be in Washington, but he would lack consistency. But it feels like with the Lakers – even the games where he's not shooting the best, he's still making a positive contribution out there. Yeah. And then Cam Reddish again and Torian Prince, I think having those two in the starting lineup improves the defense, improves your athleticism, length, size. And you mentioned it, man. Anthony Davis in the fourth quarter, he had that turnaround jump shot, and then he got double teamed, found the open cutter. And I just saw, you know, we've criticized AD in the past for not commanding games to close. And that shows you, I know it's the Blazers, but it shows you he can do it. Can he do it against better comp? That's what remains to be seen. But I would hope the Lakers, even though LeBron is, is that dude closing the game, he's done it time and time again, it would be nice to keep testing out Anthony Davis's closing abilities. I think he's been more aggressive one-on-one -on -one at the early stages of this season. I know he's only averaging 24 points right now. He could average 26, 27. But sure. I think if he continues to be aggressive, keep catching the ball deeper around the basket, he will get, I think he'll get it to that number if he can stay healthy. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I think, I mean, I've, I've always been extremely high on AD. I, I'm like, I don't even, obviously those bad games happen and you don't want them, but I'm like, I'm not worried about AD. I've seen AD, AD dominated against the Grizzlies. He dominated against the, the Warriors. You know, the Nuggets, not so much uh, last season, but who did dominate against the Nuggets, right? right. Like they won the whole thing. Dev so, Devin, so Booker for, Devin Booker for a bit. Yeah, yeah, for a bit, for a bit. But yeah, that that was uh again he plays a different position and all that. You know, he was he didn't have to, to deal with Joker. I think Ham mentioned that too. He's like people talk about AD against the Nuggets, but he also has to guard, you know, the Joker. So he he's really working extra hard on both sides of the court. And people kind of forget that part. It's like, yeah, he has a big job that's impossible. And then he's gotta try to get buckets. You're asking him to also be aggressive. There's like it's hard to do it all, but hey, that's the job against that team. Uh but yeah. AD, no complaints here, no notes. And, yeah, I wish the team still got off to a better start. They did lead, technically, 31-20 in the first, but it still felt like they weren't in motion. And going into the fourth, it was very iffy if they were going to win the game. They, they, they really closed out well in the, in the third quarter, but it was still up in the air. Um, and, I, and I'm really happy that when the Blazers made those runs, 
the Lakers closed the door because they got within, it was like a double-digit game, and then it was like a four-point game, a six-point game, and every time the Blazers made a run, AD responded. He got them back on track. They made the right plays. They made some good hustle plays, especially D'Lo. Again, he's been such a great point of attack defender, especially compared to years prior. He, you could really see he's he's taking players up full court, 75% up the court, before the half-court line. You know, he's engaged. He's ready. He's playing some of his best ball. And like you said, with Reeves out of the way right now, I, th- I still think the best version of the Lakers has both of them on the court working well together. But, hey, for now, if you got to stagger them until they work it out, Stagger them until you work it out. You know, like I said, win now and you can figure all that stuff out later. And like you said, maybe it was too small of a sample size. Maybe now that we have the whole thing, we see, oh, they caught lightning in the bottle. They don't work. But, you know, we'll see how that that progresses as it goes on. Speaking of things progressing as they go on, the NBA in-season tournament. We're right in the middle of the NBA in-season tournament. I want to hear from you, Don. We haven't talked about it. What have your What were your overall thoughts when you heard about it? And what are your thoughts now that we're kind of underway and seeing – the actual action on the floor. Well, I thought it was, I think Adam Silver has this uh, obsession with trying to make things in uh, the NBA. looks kind of like soccer, to be honest. I think he's borrowing a lot of the European models for what he wants to do. And ultimately, man, it's just to make more money. It's, you know, you're adding an extra game. You're also trying to put in what did, what this, the, the, the things we've seen this offseason from the NBA 65 game uh, threshold for all NBA awards, the in-season tournament. They are admitting that the regular season product is not where it's supposed to be at right now, to me, with introducing this. And we know this. Load management, the the, the devaluing of the regular season in general, and teams looking less interested on a game-to-game basis. It's a clear attempt to try to spice up the regular season. And you know what? So far, it's working okay. The only thing that I think is weird, I'm obviously a guy just in general, I'm very resistant to change. So, like, obviously, at the beginning, I'm like, I hate it. But to be honest... It's not that big a deal. Um, they're just the thing is, I uh, Clippers first regular uh, first in season tournament game was against the Mavs, and I didn't even notice it because the court they didn't have the in season tournament court. But I didn't even mention it on my locked on podcast breakdown. I even mentioned it was an in season tournament game because I just didn't remember it. So I legitimately don't think it's. I think the players themselves are confused on it. The reason why it's not the same as soccer is because. When soccer does it, they do a whole separate competition for it. Like the FA Cup yeah. is separate from the Premier League. So it's extra games. But Adam Silver can't do that because he can't put extra games in the 82-game schedule because then there's going to be real complaints. Yeah. Um, but I think it has the makings of being a, uh, having some higher intensity regular season games. So if that's the goal, I think he'll do it. I think it's still a little gimmicky, European soccer for the NBA. But it's not something I'm going to be like, oh, the NBA sucks because of this. You know what I mean? It's not something I'm tripping off of too much. Yeah, I I liked it from the from the from the from the jump. Uh, for like you said, for the same obviously for the same reasons. I'm like, well, it works in soccer, and obviously it's not a one to one, and it's gonna take time. That's you know decades, sometimes hundreds of years of history, depending on what country we're talking about, where like those kind of traditions happen. You know, the the FA Cup, the U.S. Open Cup. Um, I forgot what they call it in Germany, but they all uh, every country kind of has one of those D- like whole country po- competes for this. D- DFB Pokal. There you go. Yeah, I could I couldn't get the phrasing down for that, but every kind of country has those kind of tournaments for the most part, along with their regular season title, along with Champions League, Europa League. There's a the soccer has a whole they have it down to a science. I love kind of all the systems that are there. And again, like you said, Adam Silver's looking around and saying, Okay, what can we do? And you're right. I love the NBA, but the regular season does need to improve. And the way to make it improve is 
put up the requirements for certain awards, which also puts up the requirements for those bonuses that kick in for certain players. On if you make All NBA, you get this, you get that. Okay, well, if you want that, you got to play 65 or more, or else you're not going to be qualified for that. And that, that means money out of your pocket, right? The NBA in season tournament, guess what? The championship, the championship winning team, that's that's half a million right there. That's going to be something to entice you a little bit more. You don't want half a million dollars. All you got to do is win the games that are already on the schedule. That's it. So, and I think it so far it has added some spice. I have liked the courts. I'm, I'm excited to go tomorrow to crypto and see the court in person. See, does it look good? Does it look bad? Does it look ugly? Yours on Instagram, I mean, on Twitter, yours actually, I think some of them have been a little bit rough, just a little too like yeah. neon But the Laker one, the purple and gold, they had a nice shade of gold, man. I actually liked it. Yeah, I like it too. So I'm, I'm I want to see one how it looks in person and two how it looks on television because sometimes on television it might look like oh you know it pops wrong. I think it's gonna look good. So I'm I'm excited for that. And like you said, if it adds a little spice, if it adds a little bit of energy, also for fans, right? Those first couple weeks, everyone's excited for the NBA season because it's new and you you've waited so long. After that, it can kind of wait a little bit. This gives it yeah. that little jump start to be like, hey, don't don't walk away just yet. Check out these new courts. Check out this this. Thing that's happening in vegas like oh okay cool i'll stick around and then by then that gets you into the holiday season and then you're excited about the trade deadlines and all that news then you're excited about um the all-star game and then all that really leaves for the nba if er if everything's kind of interesting the only law you're really going to have is in march when march madness takes over and you probably can't do anything about that because that's you know that's, no, that's that's true but those games are still pretty high intensity in the nba the post all-star mm -hmm. break ones i think the season tournament ends when december yeah, December, I believe, 9th, yes, the championship game. I think January and the end of December is the dog days of the NBA season, personally. Yeah, I would say January probably is a little bit, yeah. because December, it, December, kind of, December kind of too, though, just because that first month of November, everybody wants to see how their teams really are. Then after that month, we kind of see who teams are, and then December and January tails off. February, you get trade deadline. But then after the All-Star record really kicks in a, in a gear. What I wanted to ask, though, one thing I'm kind of confused about with the in-season tournament is They've already determined the group stage games on the schedule, right? But yes, how do they determine the knockout games? Are there are the games that those teams that get paired up against each other that were originally going to play become in season tournament? Is that what it is? Yeah, I believe that it it switches. I, I don't know hundred percent, but I, I I believe they they've made room in um, the back half of the schedule for those matchups. Uh, I think it, it like you said, it only adds one extra game, which is the, the championship game. And it's going to be um, all the teams that win their group stage, and then two wild card teams that were the top finishers in the in their group that didn't win it. And then there's a bunch of tiebreakers for that. And that that's going to be happening, um, I believe. Uh, when are the knockout eight, games? Eight teams, December right? 4th, eight, yeah. Eight teams yes, in the eight. knockout. Okay. So all six that won their group, and then two wild card teams. And again, okay. it, that'll depend on. Where, where they're at, how they won, and then, like, the tiebreakers. So that's what I'm saying. How are those quarterfinal matchups determined? So I'm looking – let me see right here where it goes. Um, and even if there's a bracket, how are they adding that to the schedule? Or are they just using the games that they've already played against each other? Like, what if they don't play in December? You see what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, I'm not sure exactly how it works once we get past the, the group stage with that, the knockout that, in that, terms of, I'm, like – That's what I'm confused yeah. about. Yeah, in terms of um, – like, like, for example, like the Lakers, if they play, um, let me just make up uh, the Clippers, for example, and that that's a group that and that, that's going to happen in the, the, the next round. I'm not sure how that works with that. Uh, I don't think they have an explainer on that part. I, I do know that it doesn't. They've already said it won't interfere with. Let me, let me give you an example. I like you use that example. Listen to the games that we have against you. January 7th, January 23rd, 
and February 28th, 2024. That would be all three games after the in-season tournament. So how does that work? Yeah. What if we is that I'm I'm interested to see. Yeah, yeah. Uh well it'll be interesting once we actually have the, the teams, then we can see, okay, what are they gonna do? Is there gonna be an extra rest day? Maybe is there gonna be is it gonna take off one of the games on the schedule? Um yeah, I'm not sure how that's gonna work on that part, but I'm excited to see it and I, I hope the, I hope the Lakers get it. I'll say this this means nothing, but if the Lakers win it, that breaks the tie against the Celtics 17-17 plus the NBA Cup. That's what I'm gonna go with. <laughs> That's going to be my propaganda there. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, unmute yourself there, Dan. That is absolutely shameless. <laughs> the in-season tournament is your edge. It's a tiebreaker. Oh, my it's God. It's, it's, a, it's a cup. We've, we NBA cup. We got one. You, do, you don't have we, – we all competed. And if we win it, that breaks the tie. 17-17, one. <laughs> oh, man. It's a tiebreaker. The NBA Cup is a tiebreaker. That that's I don't make the rules. I'm just saying. But you're making this one. It's okay though. I'm not a Celtics fan. It's, it's a new I'm title. Not, it's a new title. I'm not gonna push back. Although the Celtics. Yeah, and you know great. what? Jordan never won the NBA Cup. I'll tell you that. You know. We're gonna start using that. That's that. You know, it's funny. There's gonna be actually. There's gonna be people that actually use that nonsense too. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. But but I'm um, sure. what was I gonna say too? Uh, the Celtics though. Not to bring them up, but they are looking like a strong candidate for Banner 18 this year. They look good. Um, that makes me. I don't want. Uh, <laughs> I'm not suggesting self harm, but I do not want to live in a world with the Celtics win an 18 title, especially this year. I'm as you know, I, every year I'm working more. I'm working more. I'm locked in. The last thing I want to do is have to watch those games. Like, I don't make me. Don't make me watch them win. I'm all for the Warriors winning. Go ahead. That's cool. Um, I cannot. And Christmas Day. I, I just hope they don't ruin Christmas for me. Because if the, if I have to be, and I'll be there. If I'm there and I have to watch on Christmas Day, the Celtics beat the Lakers, and then I have to report on it, like, that's just. That's tough. Yeah. But hopefully I, I get my, all I want for Christmas as James Worthy would say, is that Celtic ass. That's all I want for Christmas. That's it. That's all I want. Give give me that, and I'm happy. So who knows? There's another side to that coin. I could watch that and be like, oh, great. This is going to be – I'm going to write – like, I'm going to write – I'm going to work overtime and just write every article I can about how the Celtics got destroyed on Christmas Day. And I hope I can also write about that um, when the Celtics got eliminated. When the Celtics got eliminated, I realized why people are haters. I had so much fun that Sunday watching that watching the, the Heat just destroy them and just watch their season fall apart and watch um, – uh, what's that blogger's name? Uh, Kevin O'Connor? No, no, no. The, the famous Simmons. one. Yes, yes, yes. When I saw Simmons, that, that face he had when he was like, this is happening, I was like, I was eating it up. That, that's what I had for dinner on that Sunday. I, just, I, I still remember that day. I was, I was having so much fun. Uh, my DMs were, <laughs> were interesting from a few Celtics fans following me, and they're like, hey, you're having too much fun over there. I'm like, hey, I'm enjoying it. Like, you're going to watch the finals just like I am uh, with your team not in it because uh, that was delicious. Uh, but anyway, we'll see what happens with the NBA Cup. I, I, I'm not trying to pull up to Vegas for the championship game. I don't know. Uh, Even if you're not involved, time, right? Even if you're not involved. Yeah, I might. Ju just for curiosity's sake. Like, it's the first ever, right? How is it? How intense is it? How? how what's the energy like? I, I'm kind of curious to see what that's like and then again nba games in 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 vegas i was there for summer league there definitely was an energy to it i, I kind of want to see the show and see kind of okay how how much do they like you know 
they they play up for this. Um, hopefully, it's two good teams. In the WNBA, it's worked beautifully. Uh, they, they call it the Commissioner's Cup in the WNBA. In WNBA, it's always been uh, like the top two teams that are debatable for the league. They end up being those top teams. So it's worked out beautifully in the W because you had you had like the Liberty versus the Aces, which ended up being the championship anyway. And then uh, the first year they had it, it was uh, the Aces versus the Sky, which were like the two top contenders at the time. So it was kind of like a little bit of a preview of the finals in those moments. So I hope that I hope here we don't get like, you know, Rockets versus Grizzlies. Hopefully we get two marquee teams. Like if we got like Warriors Celtics or Lakers Celtics or like, you know, Denver versus, you know, Milwaukee. It's like, okay, cool. We're going to see them both. We think these are title favorite teams and they're going to play for something real. We're going to kind of get a preview of like playoff intensity for a minute with two top teams. So that's what I'm hoping for. If my team doesn't win it, let it be two good teams so we can see a good show and see, okay, let's see them really like get after it tonight and like who right now is better. Like, I think that could be a fun, like, little, like, preview of, like, what's to come. All right, so let's get into it now. I just want to do a little bit more hard and talk. Okay, Dime, you're in charge of the team. This is the scenario you're in. You cannot trade anyone away. How do you fix this? Because th- there has to be a way. They- they're not going to lose every game. I know I know we mentioned it, but they're not going to lose every game. How do you fix this for now to get the best results possible? I would put James Harden on the bench and put him as a sixth man. I know that's controversial. There's pros and cons to both Russ or Harden on the bench, but the fact of the matter is that before, and I know it's a small sample size, before Harden came, Westbrook, Kawhi, and Paul were the highest-rated trio net rating-wise in the entire league. Westbrook adds pace. He makes our team look better. When Westbrook's your worst defender in your lineup, your lineup is pretty good defensively. Harden and Westbrook, it goes from when you had Covington to you. it feels like, you don't have many open passing windows. Guys are closing out really hard and quickly. And then you you beat you, you know, you attack a closeout, and then you see Kawhi coming all of a sudden. And as opposed to Russ and Harden, it's just a different psychological feel, it seems, for the for the opposing team offensively. So I would put Harden on the bench. I also think that Harden is just better in the half court playmaking wise, which will equip him to be better suited for lineups with maybe one star or no other star in that second yeah. unit. I also think P.J. Tucker shouldn't get rotation minutes just because I don't think he has much to offer anymore. I think we should replace them with Musa Diabate if you want to play a small ball five. Even though he doesn't have much offensively, he's really good moving his feet for a big, and he's got that athleticism at the rim. Not saying he's like some crazy shot blocker, but he can deter some guys more than P.J. can. And then I would also give – this is not going to happen, but I would also give the rookie Kobe Brown a look because he is a big – yeah, because he's a big forward. He's played multiple years in college, so he's not like just your traditional like rookie where he's only played a year or two in college. He's a grown man, and he's shown that he can shoot the catch-and-shoot three. Defensively, how much worse can he be than a guy like P.J. Tucker at this stage? I know P.J. Tucker has great defensive instincts, but he's just not – he's just too old. And I think that we need help at that spot. I would say guys like Amir Coffey, but I'm thinking a little bigger. Kobe Brown, give him a shot. But as far as the bench, sadly, Bones Highland would stay out of the rotation for me just because he just feels redundant. And I hated – that's part of the reason I hated this trade is because he was playing so well. But so the bench unit, I would say Harden, Norman Powell, no Mason right now. So Terrence Mann – actually, no, Terrence Mann will be starting in this hypothetical because Terrence will be replacing wow. – okay. Yeah, well, you have to replace Harden with someone, yeah. right? Yeah. So it would be You're Terrence. Right. So it would be Harden, Powell, probably have to put Coffee in there, and then Kobe Brown and Musa. Or maybe one, you know, one, four of those five. It probably won't be ten deep. 
We don't we're, sure. we don't really have the depth to go ten deep anymore. So definitely Norm, definitely Harden, and then two of the three of Coffee, Musa, and Kobe Brown until Mason. You know, comes back. right? So before you know, uh, when I posed the question to you, I was actually thinking the opposite. I was thinking, you know what, bench Russ. He's done it before. He knows. He knows the game. He can be fine. But you know, you you kind of talk me into. You know what? You're right. Let's go with Harden. We know. We like you said. We know that the trio works. Ask Harden to be the good teammate. Come off the bench. You know, you can play with more against second units, which are also theoretically inferior to the first. They units. are. So you're gonna yeah. have an advantage. Exactly right. So you're gonna have the advantage there, and and you can do your thing. You can be ball dominant. You can be the system. Just cook for those eight minutes, get your rest, come back, cook for another eight minutes, and then we'll see how we're going to deal with those closing fourth quarters. Do we bring you in? Do we not? You know, we can my work se- it out. My selling point to Harden would be you you can close every game. We can guarantee you that you will close unless you're absolutely playing like garbage. Like if you're having a half-decent yeah. game, yeah. Like if, you're having, if you're having a half-decent game, to be honest, though, I don't see many scenarios where Harden shouldn't close. Even if he's yeah. not having a great game, uh, unless, I mean, the only excuse I'd say is maybe an offense-defense thing or like you take him out for your defensive possession. But offensively, yeah. even if he's having a terrible game and he's not the most comfortable catch and shoot player, he is a third guy where if you throw to him with 10 on the shot with six on the shot clock, he couldn't do something. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so he'll get a good shot off. Yeah. That would be my 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 pitch to him is okay, we take you out of the starting lineup, but Russ has no guarantees he's gonna close. You 90% of the time, unless we really think you don't have it going, you're closing. Yeah. Does he accept no, I that? agree with you there. I doubt it. Yeah, well, I mean, I think he would. Um whoa. I think I think you would. Uh, the Musa thing's interesting. I haven't watched enough of them to trust him. That's my concern. He is an older, like you said, he's an older, um, almost like a responsible adult on the court. So he's not. No, he's Kobe not Brown. I said Kobe Brown was that. Musa is a little more raw. Oh, okay. I thought you wanted to put Musa there. I was like, I was like, I, don't I did. So. I do okay, want to, but I do want to. I, I want to put both there. That that's that's where I have a little hesitancy. Again, he's very young, uh, NBA wise. I'm just like, I, I haven't seen enough to feel like. Are we really going to give you like the rope there for like a 24 minutes? I mean, he I think he played like what, like 12 the last uh, last game. So th- he is getting some run. Um, I don't know that that's the part that that makes me nervous about your plan. But I, I do think that one. I think we will see a change. I think the next game there'll be a different starting five, regardless Ooh, whether it's what we want or not. That's a um, take. The next the next game, which is I, I believe was at uh, tomorrow, right? Yeah, tomorrow against yeah, yeah, I'll call you right now. I'll have to clip it myself because I'm the one who does that. But against the Denver Nuggets, the Clippers will have a different starting lineup than the ones they've rolled out. So we'll see who it is. But I think I think there'll be a different starting five. We'll see what happens. That's a big one. So let's look at the games of this week, huh? All right, let's do it. So we're going to start with the Lakers because that's the first game, technically by half an hour. But it's Lakers, Grizzlies at Crypto. In season tournament game, also the NBA in season tournament games for the group stages are happening on Tuesdays and Fridays, so that's when they'll be. So yeah. it'll be in season, and it'll be at seven thirty. Wait, really? How's the Lakers game earlier than the Clippers? Because the Lakers are playing at home and the Clippers are on the road. So wouldn't we be the first game because we're playing Denver? No, seven thirty. The Nuggets are playing the Clippers at seven thirty. Oh no, you're wait, yeah, no, you're right. It's a seven, same time. Okay. I thought it was 7 30. My bad. That's a pretty late start for Denver, right? I suppose so. Yeah. So it's seven o'clock. It's funny, I actually have it here. The Lakers play later. They play at 7 30. So okay, we're gonna flip them around. So Clippers, Denver at seven, Lakers, Grizzlies 
at 7.30. And th- that's actually a national televised game for the Clippers, right? That's on uh, TNT? Yep, it's on TNT. Yeah, in-season tournament. Right, yeah, both oh, of our in-season tournament games. But, yeah, for the Clippers-Denver. So, ooh, how's Zoo going to do against Joker, you think? God, can we survive without Zoo on the floor against them? I mean, you know Ty's going to probably try small ball gimmicks. Do we have the personnel to do it? I don't think so. Um, he might be bold enough to try it. Um, I expect to see Musa just because he's so athletic. But I don't know. Jokic will have, could have a field day with him and get him in foul trouble really quick. But yeah, I think the Clippers are going to be a little desperate, throw stuff to the wall. The thing is they have no Jamal Murray, which is great. But right. still the Joker show, and he's playing best basketball player in the world-level basketball. So I don't expect a win at all. I expect it to be 0-5 with Harden, six straight L's, to be honest. Yeah, ever, ever since ever since the Lakers broke that curse, it's been uh, it's been uh, nothing but losses for the Clippers. So I don't know, maybe maybe there was, there was something to that. <laughs> that maybe it's, maybe it's maybe it's the trade that was made that gutted our team. <laughs> <laughs> Who's to say? Who's to say? <laughs> All right, so now let's go back to the Lakers Clippers, which starts a half hour after seven thirty. Lakers Grizz. Sorry, what am I doing? No, Lakers no, it's been an hour, man. It's been an hour. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it has been an hour. So the Lakers Grizzlies. Um, Obviously, I think the Lakers are going to take care of business here. I'm excited. I'll be there. I promise I'll be sharper than I am right now. <laughs> I'll make sure I got I got plenty of coffee going. Uh, not a mere coffee, though. Just regular coffee. Oh, uh, it's the best kind. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, yeah, I think the Lakers take care of business here. Obviously, we don't know yet LeBron's status, if he's actually going to play. Um, you know, that's going to be kind of a – I'm guessing it's going to be a game-time decision. You know, I'll, I'll talk to Darvin Ham pregame. I don't know if he'll give us an update or say, hey, he's got to go through his workout or whatever. But even when, if he doesn't play, I think the Lakers take care of business. I'm very curious to see how the Lakers crowd responds to this NBA in-season tournament game. I've seen the I've seen the Lakers on a regular game. I've seen them on a national televised Clippers kind of rivalry game. And now I'll see them in NBA in-season tournament. We'll see. Do you think the energy is going to be up at crypto? Will it be the same? Will people be there early? What are your thoughts before we kind of watch them actually play that kind of game? I see. I say they treat it like a nationally televised regular season game, but not yeah. as not as intense as the one you went to against the Clippers. So yeah, I, I agree. I don't think people are going to get there early and like kind of be hyped for it. I think I think once it starts, they'll be excited. Everyone's going to bring up, I'll, I'll, I'll do it too. I'm not, not no, no shade to the fans, but you know, everyone's going to want to record the, the court and okay, this is what it looks like. They're also going to wear those new city edition jerseys, which I don't like, but again, it's kind of signifying, Hey, this is something special. Like it's not like a regular game. And that's kind of was Adam Silver's point was like, we want to make sure we highlight, Hey, this isn't just any game. The court's a little different. The jerseys are going to be different. You know, it matters for something a little more. So well, I, I think the Lakers will take care of business and win their second uh, NBA in-season uh, tournament game there. All right, Wednesday, we got the um, Lakers. Can we get the Lakers and the Clippers not playing the same night every time? Like, what's going on here to start this? Not Wednesday. Wednesday, we got the Lakers playing the Kings. That that one won't be um, ESPN. I'm guessing. No, it's oh yeah, it is ESPN. You're right. Uh, Seven o'clock. So that one is national because the the Grizzlies one they're going to give it to the Clippers, Denver, which makes sense to me because Denver had well Jamal's out, but they still have more star power than the Grizzlies do right now. So it makes sense that the Clippers get that one. Uh, but the Lakers will have it against the Kings there at seven. You know, it's another home game back-to-back. I'm guessing LeBron misses one of these two, right? I don't think he's going to play back-to-backs off of a shin. And then AD, I feel like if the Lakers are, are going to like kind of rest the game, it would be the Kings game because it's not an NBA in-season game. So it doesn't count for anything extra. They just played on Tuesday. 
You know, unfortunately, I think I'm going to go with the Lakers lose this game against Sacramento just because of the fact that it's a back-to-back and it's the second night. They'll probably rest some guys. What do you think? We rest in AD. He wants. He said he wants to play 82 games this year. He already can't do that. <laughs> so yeah, Wait, well, he can I play think, 80. He can play 80. He can play 80. I think that I think they rest AD. I think they rest LeBron. I think they. It, it's like a scheduled loss here. Just but are you are you under the impression that can you guys afford this? Are you do you like do you think that you can get away with these kind of things? Because what if AD inevitably might get an injury where like LeBron has now? Like he's gonna have to miss a couple games. So that's my whole argument with load management is like you got to play when you can. I know you guys are a special circumstance because you have championship pedigree. If you didn't have championship pedigree, I'd say it's a joke. You have to play. like Because the Clippers, that's what they try to do is they think they can get to the playoffs any seed and be okay. <laughs> Lakers were the seventh seed and got to the conference finals. But it always helps to have a better seed. I mean, I mean, what do you think? I think as long as you have a top four seed, you're right. I, think you, I, think, I don't think you can win a championship if you're under top four. I think that's, that's required. And I think you really need to be top two. And you can be three and four if you do have championship pedigree. If you've never won before, you got to be top two because you're gonna need you're gonna need the home court. You're gonna need like that's gonna help offset the lack of experience you're gonna have. Uh, the Lakers, the Lakers, Warriors, Nuggets, they can afford to be a third or fourth seed and still be like, we can take care of it. Anyone else, you got You got to be top two. So I, I'm with you with that. The Lakers, they've won it, so you got to be three or four. I don't think it's about playing with their food. I think it's I am contextualizing it. It's on a back to back. That's a specific thing, and also. LeBron, we don't even know if he's going to play. Like, we don't know how bad that shin is. And AD just came off an injury. So it's not like they're saying, you know what? We're spotting you the win. They're like, we're going to spot you the win because we got players banged up and they just played the night before. So I feel like this one gets a little bit more leeway on if they do that. Um, now, the, the the real question is, if they lose against the Grizzlies, do they decide, hey, we got to run you out there? Because now, now you said, like you said, now we can't afford it. Now we go from 5-5 five and five to facing 5-7. and seven, it is early, but also, like, how long before it's not early? And that might be an interesting thing. But I'm going to say that the Lakers win against the Grizzlies and they lose against the Kings. Maybe they rest both guys. Maybe they just rest one. Maybe they stagger them. But I think some, I think one of the two key players is out for the Lakers in the in the Kings game. I think the Grizzlies, is, it's 50-50. I think if, they, if LeBron can go, he'll go. Because I think he'll think the same thing. I'll go tonight. I won't go tomorrow. Let's try to get this in-season tournament win, and then I'll, I'll rest on Wednesday. So what do you think? Do the Lakers win on on Wednesday? Is it at home or is it at Golden 1 again? It's at home. Back-to-back home games. I think you do the split. I think you – because De'Aaron Fox just came back on Monday night. So I'm going with Lakers beating Memphis but losing to the Kings. Okay, cool. All right, now Friday we have your favorite. It's the combo. Uh, Lakers are playing Portland. Uh, Clippers are playing the Rockets. The Lakers are on the road. Uh, the Clippers will be at Crypto. So uh, we'll start with the Lakers since that's at 7, even though the Rockets just 30-minute difference there. Lakers-Portland. I'm thinking the Lakers take care of business here. I mean, it's Portland. Like, they, they already took care of them before. I think everyone, if they're available, everyone plays. Uh, what do you think here? Yeah, same thing. No Scoot Henderson or Simons right now, so it's gonna be tough for Blazers to win any games. So I got did Brog didn't even play uh, last night, did he? I don't think he did. No, no, he did. I'm, I'm looking. By the way, no, no offense to the Blazers, but I was watching their game and there were literally players in the court, like multiple I'd never heard of in my entire life. So yeah, like, who he played for is definitely yeah. What happened? So Malcolm Brogdon's not playing. So no, I mean, no, he's not. that's their three best cards out. So yeah, no way. I don't know. No love for Thibault, huh? <laughs> they'll, no, they'll be lucky to win a game. So I got the Lakers and Clippers Rockets. Yeah. I'll be in attendance. That's going to be tough. The way they're playing right now, 
Right now, I can't yeah. see winning. Unless we get that change in the start starting lineup, I don't see us winning a game right now, man. Zoo's got a rough job this week. <laughs> he's yeah, got some serious picks. Yeah, and then we got we'll, we'll get to it later, but he's got Wemby coming on Monday. So, <laughs> cool. but yeah, I got the Clippers losing. I can't see them winning a game right now. They gotta win eventually. Like it's just law of averages. It's gotta happen. But okay, I'm gonna say you know what? I'll, I'll be bold. I'll I'll be, I'll be what, what do you guys say? Uh, clip gang or don't bang or whatever you guys say. There. <laughs> mm. I'll, I'll 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 wave the flag. That's how bad things are. The, the Laker boy is gonna tell you. You know what? I'll keep my my Rockets hatred. You know what? They're gonna take care of business. Hard is gonna cook them up. He's gonna cook up Thibel, and they're gonna they're gonna win. They're gonna win against the Rockets. So Sadly, you heard it here not, first. It's not gonna be Thibel because he's on the Blazers. He's gonna it's gonna be oh, against. Right. It's gonna right. be like DB D- Dylan Brooks will be guarding like Kawhi or something. But yeah, yeah. I, you know, if it, I were the Rockets, I would put Jabari Smith on Kawhi because he's got the side. He's not gonna get blown by because Kawhi is not blowing by anybody these days. Um, really, the last couple of years, the Clippers. Not to say that, yeah, that sure. not, not to take anything away from him. He's still just amazing at getting to his spots. But yeah, and then Jalen Green on Paul George probably to match the athleticism, or probably, you know what? I'd probably put Green on Harden and then Brooks on Paul George because yeah. he's just yeah. more of a threat right now than Harden. Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, yeah, and again, we'll see Harden. Also, I think we forget that Harden. Didn't play. He's also got to get himself kind of in the rhythm. So he's also in a tough spot. He's trying to figure it out on the fly. And he, he did probably doesn't have his legs under him like he would want to. Now, again, that's his fault because he chose not to be, you know, in attendance. But, you know, again, he's not he's not quite, in, I think, even though he doesn't look like, you know, out of shape, he probably doesn't have the legs that he wants. Uh, and I think that'd be interesting. Someone would ask him about that. Like, hey, how do you feel? Do you feel like you're like 10 games in the season? Do you feel like you know, you didn't really do training camp, didn't do preseason, didn't do regular season. You just kind of, you know, hopped on a plane and now, now you're starting for a team, you know? Ty Lu said he can't, he can't, he doesn't feel comfortable playing James without a center because that he, he doesn't, basically he was like, he can't guard in small ball lineup switch one through five. Yeah. That was pretty problem. funny. He's not in good game, get good enough game shape just yet. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I feel that for sure. All right. So Sunday, the last Laker game of, of uh, our week. It's Lakers, Houston, six thirty. Oh man, I didn't realize so much Houston, so much Houston. Um, good one. I'm gonna keep my hatred for Houston out of nowhere. I don't know how that developed in this pod, but you know what? Lakers take care of business. Houston comes with two L's uh, to Los Angeles. Um, that's gonna be a tough one, but I think definitely the Lakers, uh, barring an injury, everyone should be ready to go. I think. I think they'll. They'll get that momentum. So I, I got the Lakers winning. What do you think? Sunday, 630. So it's not one of those weird like matinee times or anything. It's like a normal standard kind of time. Lakers. Okay, Good game, cool. though. Right. Gonna be a close one. Yeah, yeah definitely. I'm, I'm definitely not taking Houston lightly now. I, I see what happened. Even with AD back, that's not going to just solve everything. They're, they're still going to compete hard. And and since they have a they have an extra night gap between the Clippers game and the Lakers game, they're not playing a back-to-back or anything. They should be rested and ready to go, especially Sunday night. Yeah, that's that's going to be a tough one for sure. All right, Monday. I'm looking forward to this one for sure. Uh, we'll, we'll probably have to try to figure out how we're going to record after it. But Clippers, Spurs. And you got two games with the Spurs. We won't preview the other one because that's, that's out of our week. But Clippers, Spurs. You've seen one before. You're going to see him again. What do you think what? about this one? Really? We, we see him again? I, I, it's not over there? No, no. I've seen, I said you've seen him before. Like you personally. I know, but uh, is that game in Stable Center? Or is it because I thought we only saw him once this year? Um, uh, let's see. I think it's AT and T. Uh, let me let me pull it up here. 
yeah, yeah, it's, it's on the road. Yeah, yep, it's on the road. Well, both, both games are going to be on the road. Well, we're gonna. That's the first win that Harden's going to get. We're going to beat him. Oh, you got the, They're going to beat. They're going to beat Wemby. Yeah, we we'll beat the Spurs. Yeah. How many? How many blocks does Wemby get in that game? Four. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Okay, yeah. Again, Wemby. I think that the Wemby hype's been a lot, and it's warranted. But I think people need to calm down with like when he has bad games. I'm like, he's gonna have bad games. He's young. He's still not physically that strong. So like, it's gonna happen. I still think he's got a a, a chance to be the the future of the league. But again, a chance at being the future of the league. He's still gonna have to do it. But you know. Anytime I get to see Wemby, I'm definitely taking the opportunity. You know that that those KD games were awesome, and and I'm definitely going to watch this one for sure. It's going to be entertaining. So yeah, Clippers at San Antonio. They have two games over there. We'll just preview that one. Um, and you said you got you got that's the first one. That's the win you do see. You see them beating the Spurs. Yep, it'll be Owen six with James Harden, but and seven seven total seven seven total. But we'll get that one done. Oh jeez. Okay, I'm gonna ask you this, and then we're gonna close it out. With it, with that kind of start, does that mean the way you see this team now is this still a playoff team? Is this still a playing team? What, what what ends up happening here? I don't know. To be honest, it's actually gone to that point where we're like, are the Clippers? If it really just depends on how long this lasts. And I mean by that, the starting lineup. That was my biggest hesitation of the trade, but I didn't think it would be this horrible. I thought that they would be mediocre enough that they would never change the starting lineup. Then they get bounced down like the first round or something. But if there's a if it's so bad, there's a change. I'm honestly for it because one, it gets me believing about the trade again. Now I'm actually okay with it. I just don't want them to start together. I just don't think it works. Like period. Forget my hatred for James Harden and as a basketball (laughs) player, he's trying to buy in. I don't mind Harden as a sixth man. I really don't. But anyway. So yeah, that's my that's my view on it. We'll see how it goes. Denver will be a big one. The pressure is going to mount if there's zero yeah. five. So especially on ESPN, that's all they're going to talk about that whole game. They're going to be like, "Oh, they've lost as many games. Da da da. It's not yep. working. Look, this is why it's not working. You know, they get it's, again that that, that man, national. You want national media attention? Be careful what you wish I didn't, for. But the franchise did. <laughs> the franchise did. All right, cool. So we'll see what happens there. We'll likely record either late Monday or we might have to push it to Tuesday, but we'll see. But either way, we'll be back talking about it. We'll see what we got right, what we got wrong, and, and how both teams are looking. That's the end of episode four of Basketball on Figueroa. I'm Edwin Garcia. He is Dying Dropper, and we're out.